Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today we are going to be continuing the conversation around menstruation. Today we're going to be addressing some common questions, issues that come up due to lack of information or incorrect information. We're going to be talking about menstrual shame, your relationship to your period, and how menstrual products can impact that, and all kinds of different things, including late periods, hormonal birth control, and, you know, what is a healthy period? So we're going to cover a lot of stuff today. I'm very excited to be sharing this with you. And, you know, it amazes me every time a woman comes up and tells me a story about how she went through a large chunk of her life without really understanding her body, like thinking that you pee from your vagina, for example. P does not come from vaginas. I'm sorry. You know, and it's just this whole, this whole piece of, you know, we have such a hard time talking about menstruation, about women's bodies, about female anatomy. And so today we are going to be talking a little bit about female anatomy and all of these great things, physiology, because Women need to know. Men need to know too, but women need to know and understand their bodies. It is so, so, so important. You know, we are taught from a young age that menstruation, that female body parts are shameful. And it's just time for that to change. There's just no reason for this ignorance to continue to persist. And so I'm so grateful for all the people who have come onto my show and have been talking about menstruation. We've had a really fantastic series. You know, actually, we just passed 50 episodes. This is episode 51. It's so exciting. I am so thrilled to be able to share this information because there's such a great need for it. So the first thing I'd like to do is just kind of start off with some anatomy and physiology. You know, we are more than just a vagina. That area down there, many people refer to as the vagina. Actually, the external area is called the vulva, and it consists of lots of different parts. And the vagina itself is actually the tube that goes up from the external to the internal where it is, you know, it ends at the cervix, which is the base of the uterus. And we are just so much more than this floating tube of a vagina, right? And so let's talk about the external anatomy. And I know this is going to be a little bit hard to visualize because, you know, this is radio. So I would really encourage people go to go to my website, Holistic Sex Ed Radio, and watch the video that I put together. It is a webinar. It's an online training of understanding the female body and cycle. And it's basically accumulation of all of my years of knowledge about the female body, just, just brain dump, just put into this 
this training, this online training, because I want to make sure that girls grow up understanding this information. And in order for that to happen, that means that parents need to be educated because they are not going to get this information at school. It's just not going to happen. So let's start with, first of all, the pubic bone. Okay, everybody can find their pubic bone. Basically, if you put your hand down between your legs, kind of on the top if you're sitting in your chair, and you just push on that bone there in between your legs, you'll notice it. It's That's your pubic bone. So this is, let's just say that this is our starting point. So now the, the little fatty pad that is over the pubic bone is called the mons pubis. And this is where the pubic hair grows. It's a little fatty pad there. Okay, so then underneath that, when you go down a little bit more, feel free to get a mirror and go exploring. I encourage you, highly encourage you to do so. Next, you will find the outer lips of the vulva. These have hair on them. They protect the more delicate tissues that are inside. And so if you spread the outer lips apart, you will see at the top the clitoris, the clitoral hood. And if you pull the hood back, you'll see the gland of the clitoris. Now, everybody's hood is a little bit different. Some women have long hoods. Some have short hoods. There's just a lot of beauty and variety in the female genitalia. If you have ever, um, I'll have to post this link in the show notes. There is the quote-unquote Great Wall of Vaginas. And it's a website where you can go and see these plaster molds of people's genitalia and the variety is just incredible like there is you know there's so much variety in normal it's just amazing so every just like every penis is different every vulva is different every penis is different it is unique as our fingerprints so okay so now we've identified the clitoris so now we have the internal lips so we have a smaller set of lips which protects the delicate tissues underneath. And so if you were to spread those lips apart, now directly underneath the clitoris is kind of like a little meaty, lumpy area. This is the urethra. So this is the opening of the urethra. And it doesn't really even look like an opening. It just kind of looks like a mass of tissue there. But that's actually where the pee comes from. And there's a couple of little glands in there, which we won't get into the glands and stuff today. But there's some little openings in there. And that's where the urine will exit the body. Now, if you go down a little bit further, now you get into the opening of the vagina. And so I know a lot of people talk about the hymen, this and that, you know, the hymen, whatever, it can get broken. It's broken by tampons, it's broken by fingers, it's broken by, you know, wiping yourself with a toilet paper. So hymen, whatever, it's okay. It's a thing, but we really shouldn't put any value on the hymen being intact because it's not supposed to be intact. It's supposed to break and let the menstrual blood, the fluid escape. So, so anyway, we won't go any further into that. But um, so, all right. So those are, that's the external genitalia. So now down below the vagina, there is actually, there's a couple more little tiny, um, uh, what do I want to call it? Exits for glands, which again, 
very small. You're not really going to notice it. Um, so I wouldn't even bother looking for it, but they're there. If you look at anatomy books, you'll see like references to things like the skein's glands and stuff like that. So it's more detail than we need to worry about today. If you're interested, you know, we go into that in other places and other podcasts, other workshops and that sort of thing. So I really encourage, okay, so the vagina. Now, I really encourage people to explore, like get your fingers out, let your fingers do the walking, get a mirror, get a flashlight, like explore your vulva. If you are somebody who is with a partner of someone who owns a vulva, feel free to, you know, ask them if you can go exploring because education is I think, you know, very valuable, not only for women or for owners of the vaginas and vulvas, that, you know, men get an opportunity to see and explore and learn too, because they get even less education than we do, if you can believe that, you know, their primary form of education is porn. And what kind of education is that? It isn't. So, yeah. Anyway. So when you are getting your, you know, your mirror out and exploring, you know, feel free to put your hands inside your vagina and find your cervix. Now your cervix is probably going to be a little bit hard to reach. You may need to reach in with one or two fingers and kind of push up in there to find it. And it'll feel kind of like the end of your nose. It's kind of like that cartilage springy kind of feeling. And there'll be like a little dimple in the center where the opening of the cervix is, which is called the os, O-S. It's Greek, which means opening. So that's where your cervix is. That is the lower portion of the uterus. So when a baby is born, of course, it forces the cervix open through a period of time where women's bodies go through contractions to open up the cervix. So when you hear people saying that, that they were dilated to eight centimeters, you know, whatever it may be, you know, that is the cervix opening up big enough to let the baby's head go through. So the baby, of course, exits through the vagina and then we have a new baby. So let's talk a little bit about a yoni map. So what is a yoni map? So yoni maps are an opportunity to draw a little diagram of your vulva. And why do that? Why? What's the purpose? Because over time, you will have incidences where something weird is happening with your vulva. Like maybe one of your lips swells, or maybe you find a little lump, or maybe you notice a discoloration or something like that. And because we really don't spend time looking at our vulvas, we don't actually know what's normal for us. So if you spend some time looking and then sketch out what you see or make detailed notes, whatever works for you, then you have a written record so that in the future, you know, five years from now, when, you know, one of your lips swells up or something, you can go back and you can look to see like, what does it normally look like? What do you normally see there? And these kinds of things can also be very useful for your doctor who, you know, may see thousands of vulvas and vaginas over the course of their career, but they don't know what's normal for you. So let's talk a little bit about what is normal for you. And well, actually, before I go there, I do want to mention too that 
as part of our whole anatomy piece, we have the physiological piece, which is the hormones and all the things that actually make the female cycle work. And hormones will impact how you feel, your energy levels, your mood, your relationships, your day-to-day activities on a lot of different levels. And it's important for young girls to understand this because when your body is changing so much and suddenly, you know, I mean, there's so much that's unexpected and unknown as a young girl goes through puberty. So having the knowledge that, you know, some days when you're just feeling like, ah, the world is out to get you and you need new friends and, you know, just everything is going wrong that, you know, this might be something that is impacted or influenced by the hormonal stuff that is currently going on in relation to her cycle. Some people have a lot harder time with their hormones than others. And we'll talk more about balancing the cycle as we talk about what is a healthy cycle. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And I just want to remind everybody that I have this amazing giveaway going on. I am giving away menstrual cups. I have three fun cup menstrual cups. And this is a great opportunity to get in on the action because we want to make sure that all young girls have the opportunity to try a variety of different things because, you know, tampons are one thing and, well, we'll get into more about tampons here soon. For, but for right now, just go to holisticsexedradio.com, click on the link at the top of the page for giveaways. It'll take you over to the Fun Cup Menstrual Cup giveaway and you can enter your name for a chance to win. So we'll be right back after this. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you don't want to be pregnant, one of the most nerve-wracking experiences is a late period. Lying in bed, wondering, worrying, waiting for menstruation to arrive, praying that your period will come. It's very stressful. Even though many of us are taught about menstruation, most of us don't have a deep understanding of how it works or what the body is doing. This results in increased stress, decreased sexual desire, sleepless nights, and sometimes unwanted pregnancy. What would it be like if every young woman grew up understanding her body to this degree? It could change the world. It could eliminate unintended pregnancy. It could help girls feel excited about and empowered by their monthly flow rather than ashamed and embarrassed. Since most of us don't get this kind of education while growing up, I put together a special free training called Understanding the Female Body and Cycle. Just go to HolisticSexEdRadio.com to get access today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. 
So let's talk a little bit about your relationship to your period. Now, I remember when I was growing up, there was a lot of negative messaging in the movies that I was watching, you know, like there was Aunt Flo, it was the curse, you know, it's like if there was a situation in the world, like it could always be made worse if you got your period. <laughs> so it's like if, if something, if you had a bad day, don't worry, it could be worse if you got your period that day, right? So, so it's like you grow up with this whole dialogue, this whole cultural, what is the word I want to say? Just like this whole cultural notion that the period is this bad thing, that it's negative, everything is made worse by it, the blood is dirty, gross, you know, when, when you have a young girl who's coming into this thing, it's like, oh, you're going to get your period and suddenly your life is going to suck. All of a sudden, out of the blue, you're going to bleed on your clothes at school and just all these different things. Your dates will be ruined because you get your period, you know, just, <sighs> yeah. So, what can we do to combat this image that you know menstruation makes everything worse that period blood is dirty and you know when you see commercials like for tampons for example you know like they're dressed in white and they're running through the field and life is normal even better than normal because you know you can totally hide your period and you don't have to even touch it or look at the blood because you can just pull the tampon out and flush it you know so it's like this removal from something that just really you know that is all about being female you know we are people who can procreate reproduce and we bleed and this is normal and it has been something that has been made shameful and felt like we need to hide it like i remember as a teenager you know like i would carefully wrap my tampons my pads and toilet paper and i would put them in the bottom of the garbage can you know because god forbid my brothers or my dad or anybody see that i was menstruating like it was something that was very private i didn't talk about it i hid it you know it's like unless i was forced to deal with it like i remember there was one time where my cramps were just so severe like it was just making me physically sick and so like, in barring a situation like that, I would suck it up and just pretend that it was like a normal day. And there's, you know, there's something about pushing down and hiding the way that we really feel. And, you know, I mean, women are taught to do that anyway. You know, we're taught to, you know, kids are taught to be quiet. You know, women are taught to be subservient and serve others and help others, be caregivers, you know, so taking care of ourselves comes very last and, and we don't want to be a burden on others. And so we don't want to talk about our discomforts and our suffering that we're experiencing. And so we sometimes suffer in ways that we don't necessarily need to. When we get our periods, it's normal to want to have some of that quiet time, to want to withdraw and be less active you know that's normal and i think that when we talk to our daughters about the way that hormones can make us feel like for example estrogen can help give you more energy whereas progesterone has kind of like a more relaxing and soothing effect and 
And so when we have a deeper understanding of how our hormones impact our body, which we can help determine how they're impacting us by charting our cycle. And I'll talk a little bit more here about that. But when you record information about like how you're feeling, what your moods are like, you can pick up patterns over time, especially the cyclical patterns that are related to the female cycle. We can see like the, the visual menstruation, like it's a very obvious thing that's happening in our cycle. And then when we go and keep notes on the rest of the cycle about how we're feeling and the things that we're experiencing, we can use that menstruation as a point of reference. And sometimes we find, oh, I have some PMS leading into menstruation, or sometimes I am like super energetic and creative during ovulation or during menstruation. I am just like wiped out and want to be like alone and nobody bothering me kind of stuff until I'm ready to come out of my cocoon and go into my, you know, ovulatory super excited phase and the build up to that. And so when you chart your cycle in these ways, it can really give valuable information to yourself or your daughter and help them successfully navigate their cycle. One of the biggest issues that young girls who are just getting their period have is the unpredictability of menstruation. There's lots of times where they might get caught off guard, unprepared, and like be at school, for example, and suddenly, you know, have to deal with a bloody mess because they don't have tampons. And What's interesting is you would think that girls would be supportive of each other in this, like, you know, maybe if somebody noticed, they'd be like, hey, hey, you're bleeding here. Here's a tampon kind of thing. Instead, what happens is the girls get picked on even by their peers, you know, never mind the boys. I find it very interesting that, you know, there really isn't that sense of camaraderie that, you know, we're all in this together and, you know, let's support each other and make it easier. And if we were to maybe celebrate menstruation more and not treat it as such a shameful, taboo topic that maybe, you know, we would have more of this kinds of behavior. But, you know, um, school environments do tend to be pretty tough. I remember one time my niece sent me a letter and she asked me for something, I forget what she called it, but something pearl. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what she's asking me for. And then she called me up a little bit later and she's like, did you send me some of those uh, pearls? Like they were tampons. She wanted tampons. And I was like, why is she? I'm I'm rolling this around in my mind, right? Trying to understand why is she asking me for tampons? I live 2000 miles away. Like, why isn't she asking her dad or why isn't her mom getting this to her? And as I thought about it more, what I realized is, you know, she's at her dad's house and it's probably really uncomfortable for her to have to ask her father for tampons. I mean, I guess I could relate. Like I was, you know, I mentioned in one of my previous episodes here that, you know, I would just be mortified anytime a tampon commercial would come up on the TV when I was sitting in the room with my brothers or my dad kind of thing. And, and as I thought about it more, I was like, oh, this totally makes sense. And I just sent her a menstrual cup and I hope that she loves it because, you know, it's something that's reusable. It's great for the environment. You know, a lot of people don't think about the manufacturing process for 
tampons and pads. You know, there's a lot of bleaching that happens. It's actually pretty rough on the environment. And so when you get into reusable menstrual products, like I used cloth pads for years. That was kind of the thing that I did. I was always a pad user. I wasn't real crazy about tampons in general. And then I never got exposed to menstrual cups until, you know, much later. And I never the ones that I came across seemed very large and bulky and I didn't think that they would work for me. And so I just never tried them. And nowadays, you know, I've, my horizons have been expanded and realized that there's actually a lot of different menstrual cups and they come in a variety of shapes and sizes. So people who have shorter vaginas or longer vaginas can wear them comfortably and so I hope she loves it. I hope it fits her well and that she really enjoys using it. Because what that does is that saves her from having to ever go out and buy more menstrual products or ask her dad or whatever. You know, she the kit came with two cups. This is, I sent her one of the ones, uh, kits that I got to give away. And so, so by the way, I'm giving away three menstrual cups. If you want a chance to win, go to holisticsexedradio.com and enter your name. They're really cute. They look super comfortable. You know, I haven't, you know, I don't get my period anymore, so I haven't tried to use one of these. But if I was and I could use it, I totally would because I like this a whole lot better than the other one that I got. So anyway, I, I digress. One of the issues that teen, you know, young girls have is their periods are unpredictable. So what can we do about that? Well, first of all, there's a whole piece about menstrual health. Menstruation is a way to gauge the health of the body. We'll talk about more that more here in a second. And the other thing is about charting cycles. So let's just put it in a nutshell. So first day of your period, is day one of your cycle. So whether you track this on a calendar or get like a period tracker app, which there's lots of them out there. My favorite one is Fertility Friend. I used it for years and years and years. Might not be the best choice for a teenager, but it's a great app. I really liked it. There's lots of customizability to it. Um, you know, they do have like message boards. It's a community um, which you don't have to go there at all, which I never did. But they do have like websites online and it's mostly for women who are trying to conceive, which for me personally, my goal was always to avoid getting pregnant. And so that's always been my focus is how do we manage fertility in such a way that we're only getting pregnant if we want to, if and when we want to. So charting the cycle, the very basic of just like day one on the calendar somewhere that you can reference that date over time and all of your periods, the first day of your period over time is important because that creates a knowledge base of your personal history. And once you have, you know, a sense of how long your cycles are, you can start to determine or estimate when you may get your period. Now, period tracker apps have different degrees of tracking in them. Some of them are designed to help women get pregnant or avoid pregnancy, and they're going to have more things that you can track. 
And personally, I like tracking information. I like tracking moods. I like tracking symptoms. So the more things that you can track, the more information that you get over time, I think is very valuable. Again, I do love Fertility Friend. Um, yeah, Fertility Friend. And I think it is a great app. So, you know, check it out and see if that's something that, you know, that you want to turn your daughter onto. If you want to use yourself, you can use it for free. A lot of times I was able to get it on sale for $25 a year. And so I would just wait till they put it on sale and then I would just get it for a year. And then you get some extra things, which make it nice. So either way. So let's, um, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how to make cycles predictable. And that's going to, you know, have a lot to do with the health of the body. So we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you don't want to be pregnant, one of the most nerve-wracking experiences is a late period. Lying in bed, wondering, worrying, waiting for menstruation to arrive brain that your period will come. It's very stressful. Even though many of us are taught about menstruation, most of us don't have a deep understanding of how it works or what the body is doing. This results in increased stress, decreased sexual desire, sleepless nights, and sometimes unwanted pregnancy. What would it be like if every young woman grew up understanding her body to this degree? It could change the world. It could eliminate unintended pregnancy. It could help girls feel excited about and empowered by their monthly flow rather than ashamed and embarrassed. Since most of us don't get this kind of education while growing up, I put together a special free training called Understanding the Female Body and Cycle. Just go to HolisticSexEdRadio.com to get access today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So let's talk a little bit about menstrual health. So menstruation can cause all kinds of issues, symptoms. You know, there can be hormonal imbalances, cycle imbalances, this kind of thing. And, you know, there's so many issues. It's really beyond the scope of our conversation today. But, you know, painful periods, unpredictable periods, ovarian cysts, endometriosis, iron deficiencies, heavy bleeding. There's just a lot of different things that can happen, that can go wrong, that can make menstruation just really uncomfortable, unpleasant experience. So what can you do to help have an easier menstrual period? Well, diet does have an impact. So if you can have, a, you know, a healthy diet that doesn't have a lot of processed food, you know, easy on the sugar, get rid of the alcohol, 
take it easy on the inflammatory foods. So foods that cause inflammation tend to be like red meat, coffee, alcohol, dairy. Um, You know, I know we eat a lot of these things. So all good things in moderation, you know, try to focus on plants. Plants in particular are really great for menstrual health, like foods that are high in iron, like spinach, dark leafy greens are, you know, very high in minerals. And so I recommend, you know, including lots of those in your diet. Also, you know, bright, make your diet colorful, bright colored vegetables, you know, just bring in those healthy foods, the the whole grains, and really try to focus on those. Um, You know, there's a lot of herbs and things too that can be very helpful for menstruation. Nettle tea, oat straw, all very rich in nutrients, which can be very helpful. If there are specific issues that are going on, you know, there's a lot of herbs that can help balance the cycle. I'm not going to go into those today because that's a big topic and could definitely be an episode all by itself. But there's lots of really great herb books out there. Susan Weed is, you know, she's been a guest on my show a couple of times. She's got some really great books. You could check those out. Um, Her childbearing year is all about fertility, the female cycle. Down there is all about, you know, down below the belt. Um, So there's a lot of great information there. Between those two books, you could definitely find out some information about whatever, whatever ails you kind of thing. So what is a normal, healthy period? Well, the textbook healthy, normal period is a 28-day cycle. And why do I call it textbook? Well, because when the medical doctors are learning about menstruation, it's very easy to think about it as 28 days because that puts ovulation right smack in the middle on day 14. What's very important to know is that ovulation is fluid. Ovulation is not set in stone. Ovulation is an event that is controlled by hormones. And if there are things in your life that impact what's going on with your body hormonally, it can delay ovulation. So what things can delay ovulation? Things like travel, sickness, stress, um, sometimes just a left curve ball of, you know, out of the universe. You know, we don't know why kind of thing. So there can definitely be a lot of reasons why menstruation might be late. And so when you are tracking your cycle, especially if you're tracking things like cervical fluids and basal body temperature, you can identify late menstruation as it happens, and then you will know when to expect your period. And that's one of the big challenges for teenage girls because they don't have the history. Their cycles can be irregular as they get started. Sometimes they may have an ovulatory cycle. So what's the solution just to to have a tampon in your pocket no matter where you go? Well, that is one way to do it. And also there's, you know, you can track your cycle and symptoms to learn more about when to expect your period. And as you're tracking, you may notice, especially if you're paying attention, like the day before your period, for example, the very first thing that happens before you get your period is there is a release of moisture. Now, for somebody who's paying attention, they might notice that. You might notice that your underwear feels more moist than usual. 
And then if someone is writing that down in their notes, they may realize that, you know, oh, the next day I get my period. And that's what it is. It's the release of moisture. And so when you're paying attention to these subtle things, you might also notice that, oh, my, I can feel my uterus starting to cramp a little bit. I'm not bleeding yet, but I can start feel movement and flutterings down there of the muscles doing different stuff. And that's stuff that you can record, stuff that you can notice. It's great body awareness. It's great training to be aware of your body and to teach your daughter that body awareness early. Great move. <laughs> Total great move. All right. So what else? What's a normal period? What's the color of a normal period? Well, blood can come in different shades. It can be pink. It can be dark red. It can be bright red. It can be brownish. So what does this all mean? Well, the bright red blood is fresh, fresh blood. The dark brown blood is often said to be old blood. If it happens at the beginning of the cycle, they, quote unquote, quote unquote they say that it is uterine lining left over from before that wasn't properly shed. Either way, blood, when it is brown, indicates that it has been oxidized. When the blood is bright red, it means that it's very fresh, it's, you know, flowing now kind of thing. And so what happens? So when menstruation happens, okay, so first of all, we have the breakdown of the, of the water. So the water is the first thing that comes out. Then the uterus starts to contract and it starts to move the uterine tissue out of the uterus. Now, everybody is going to be different. Your experience is unique to you. However, you know, like I said, if there's brown blood that's coming out in the beginning, that suggests that it is old blood that wasn't fully released, old tissue that wasn't fully released the previous cycle. When you have darker red blood, more like say maroon or dark red, that suggests that it's not quite as fresh. So like the fresh blood might be from as the uterine lining is breaking down, there are blood vessels in it. And as they break down, they may release the fresh blood. Now, as the days go on, the blood is likely to get darker. As the blood flow slows down, it's traveling more slowly and getting darker and eventually, you know, less and less. And, you know, it might turn back to brown on the end of the cycle. Some people may spot in the beginning before they get their full flow. Some people may spot at the end. It's really all about just observing and seeing what is normal for you. And then once you have this information, you can look at that information and say, you know, my cycles are really irregular or my pain periods are extremely painful or, you know, there's just something strange that doesn't seem like it would be quote unquote normal kind of thing. And then you can bring this information to a practitioner and share your findings. And your records are very valuable because they share a lot of information about what is going on inside your body. If your cycle happens to be irregular, there are things you can do to help even things out. You know, don't feel like you're a lost cause or hopeless or anything like that. There's definitely always something you can do. If you're not sure, get help. There's lots of people out there who are practitioners who specialize in menstrual health. We've had a few on the show lately 
you know, don't suffer. Don't let your daughter suffer. Get educated, get help. If you'd like more information about understanding the female body, please do go to my website and sign up to get access to understanding the female body and cycle. It's a free training. It's about, I think, two and a half hours long. So yeah, it is a chunk of time, but let me tell you what, there's pictures in there. Those, those, that training is going to expand your horizons in ways that you don't even know yet. So yeah, definitely check that out. It's a free resource there on my website for you. Happy to share. Oh, yeah. And something else I want to say, too, about menstrual health and challenges around menstruation. Like, let's say that you do have a challenging period, okay? Don't just focus on the more challenging days of the cycle because it is a whole cycle in its entirety. It Because... It is an indicator of your overall health. The things that you do while you're not bleeding definitely will also have an impact on your quality of bleeding experience. So if you're eating, you know, crappy food all month kind of thing, like this is going to manifest in like, say, for example, acne as, as part of your PMS and, you know, maybe mood swings and, you know, more difficult period. And so, it's important to also consider and teach girls that the things that they're doing during the rest of the month also impact their period, their experience of menstruation. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about late periods. And I also want to talk about how the menstrual products that you're using impact the quality of your menstruating experience. So I think you'll find these both very interesting and we will talk about those when we come back. But first, I just want to remind you again, there's still time where we're actually running out of time for you to sign up and get in on the giveaway. We're going to wrap it up on August 20th. And so I really want you to have a chance to win. These are just amazing, super cute, you know, environmentally friendly, body friendly. They're made out of body safe silicone menstrual cups that could literally change you or your daughter's life. And there's actually two in this kit. So you could give one to her and keep one for yourself or you could, you know, let, let her have them both, whichever the case may be. You know, I would highly encourage you to take advantage of this. So go to my website, holisticsexedradio.com and sign up today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you don't want to be pregnant, one of the most nerve-wracking experiences is a late period. Lying in bed, wondering, worrying, waiting for menstruation to arrive, praying that your period will come. It's very stressful. Even though many of us are taught about menstruation, most of us don't have a deep understanding of how it works or what the body is doing. This results in increased stress, decreased sexual desire, sleepless nights, and sometimes unwanted pregnancy. What would it be like if every young woman grew up understanding her body to this degree? It could change the world. It could eliminate unintended pregnancy, 
it could help girls feel excited about and empowered by their monthly flow rather than ashamed and embarrassed. Since most of us don't get this kind of education while growing up, I put together a special free training called Understanding the Female Body and Cycle. Just go to HolisticSexEdRadio.com to get access today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome back. So if you are familiar with my story at all, you know that I started experimenting with sex at 14. I was introduced to sex at a young age because I was sexually abused. If you want more information about that story, go check out episode number one. I tell you all the details, or not all the details, but enough, enough of the story there. To, so I got, you know, I started having sex at 14. So I started having sex young. And with anyone who is fairly clueless about how the body works and sex, there is definitely at a certain level of anxiety that in, comes along with engaging in risky behavior that has to do with sex and the fear of getting pregnant. Now, there are millions of women out in the world right at this very moment stressing out, wondering if their period is going to come. It's very stressful when you don't want to be pregnant. The fear of getting pregnant is very scary. And the relief that you feel when your period arrives is palatable. Now, I also know from experience that a lot of young girls don't actually know that getting your period means that you're not pregnant. There is just so much misinformation out in the world that you know, I've had conversation with young women who, you know, are just freaked out. Like they've done, you know, like they've had, you know, just rubbing up against each other with their clothes on and fearing pregnancy. They're, you know, I mean, just like fear of getting pregnant from kissing. I mean, just like, just like no clue on how it works. And that's why it's so important to me to be having this conversation to, you know, help young girls understand how their body works. Because when you're faced with, oh, you could get pregnant at any time, anytime you have sex, well, it leads to a lot of anxiety, but it's still not going to stop most people from having sex. Because if you're going to have sex, you're going to do it. I decided at the age of 14 that I was going to give my virginity to a person of my choosing rather than someone who was trying to take it away from me. That was a conscious choice a 14-year-old made. My thought at the time was, as long as I'm not bleeding, I won't get pregnant. My frame of reference for that was I knew that dogs got pregnant in heat. Now, that is just like some messed up thinking. Like, there, everything is wrong about that, okay? But I was 14. I didn't know. 
I was in between, you know, health class in seventh grade and sex ed in sophomore. So I did not have the information I needed when I made that decision. And of course, you know, when somebody who is really pretty clueless about their body is having sex, there is going to be anxiety and fear that comes along with that as you anxiously wait for your period to arrive. Now, the relief that girls, young women feel when their period arrives, and adult women too, certainly not immune to this, it's like a weight off your shoulders. I mean, really. And it doesn't have to be this way. I mean, we can teach our girls that, you know, there's actually a small window where conception can happen, you know, and I know that there's like, well, do we really want our kids to know that information? Isn't it better just to have them be in fear in general, you know, kind of thing? Well, you know, my experience going from that person who lived in fear around sex to somebody who actually understood their body and cycle went from a lot of fear around sex to making conscious choices. And of course, by then I was older, I was 20, making conscious choices about whether or not to use protection with a partner based on where I was in my cycle. So at the time I was in a long-term monogamous relationship with a partner who really did not enjoy condoms. And I tried a lot of other barrier methods and he always found an issue with it and did put a lot of pressure on me. And of course now I'm older, wiser, and know that that's not a healthy relationship. But at the time I didn't realize that. And so when you have somebody putting that pressure on you to not use condoms, you know, when you have a better understanding of your cycle, that can allow you the opportunity, you know, to satisfy your partner's needs without putting yourself at risk. So, yeah, there was a lot of things wrong with that relationship, which we won't go into today. But anyway, long story short is that knowledge is power. And I believe that every young woman should grow up knowing and understanding her body so that she is not victimized by her fertility. Like nobody wants to be pregnant when they don't want to be. It's so upsetting to have that happen. And so I really want young women to grow up understanding their bodies so that they don't find themselves in that situation. I've always been interested in how herbs can affect the female cycle. And while my cycle, personally, has always been quite regular, there have been a few times in my life where menstruation has been absent. One of the experiences, probably the most notable experience that I ever had was I was traveling. I was 20 years old. I decided to take an extended trip to Mexico. I was driving with a group of people. We were, you know, traveling in a foreign country. And I decided before I left on that trip that I would use the birth control pill. I was already on the birth control pill. My mom put me on the pill at 15. I was 20 at this time. I was at the point where I really didn't want to be on it anymore, but I didn't really have a good sense of what the alternatives were. So I went to Mexico. I stayed on the pill. And during this time while I was traveling, I was not getting my period. And, of course, if you're at all familiar with the birth control pill, you take hormones for three 
weeks of the cycle. And then the fourth week is sugar pills. And because of the withdrawal of the hormones, you bleed. So I wasn't getting the bleeding. And after the second month, I was feeling a little bit paranoid because, well, I didn't feel pregnant. I had engaged in sex before leaving the United States. And I was concerned because I was traveling in a country where abortion was not legal. I was not going to be home for another two months or so. And I did not want to be pregnant. So I had fear of being pregnant. You know, after the second month, I was like, okay. I took the third month of pills. And at the time when it came around for the sugar pills, I was like, okay, I want to get my period. Like, I want to make sure I am not pregnant. So what can I do to make sure I get my period? And so I was, you know, we were traveling by vehicle. We had some books with us. So I'm like looking through the books. I'm like reading about herbs. I'm reading about menstruation what to do when your period doesn't come. And of course, you know, I didn't have access to any of the herbs that they were talking about, like pennyroyal and tansy, rue, these different plants. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff. And what I did have in the, in the kitchen cabinet was some parsley. And one of the books mentioned that parsley could help get your period started. So I'm like, okay, I got parsley. Let's try this. So the group of people I was traveling with, they went off for the day on a day excursion. I stayed with the bus to keep an eye on things, hold down the fort. Plus, I didn't have my passport, so I couldn't go to Guatemala with them. Totally fine. I was good with that because it gave me the whole day to focus on my parsley tea and making sure I got my period the next day. And that's what I did. I made some tea and I drank that parsley tea all day long. And, you know, it didn't taste bad. It tasted kind of green, a little bit tangy, spicy. You know, tasted decent. And so I, I don't know, I probably drank three or four cups that day. And the next day, my period started. Oh, the relief I felt. Oh, my goodness. You have no idea. I was so relieved. And since that time, I have, you know, spoken to many women and, you know, when I come across women who are experiencing, you know, like trouble getting their period to get started or they get late periods, I always suggest parsley tea and it seems to work like a charm. Now, one thing to note is that it does not work if you're pregnant. If you're pregnant, you're going to be pregnant. That's just the way it is. But for someone who just has a period that's late for whatever reason due to travel, that sort of thing, it works like a charm. It has been awesome. So that's all we have time for today. It's been a really fun, great conversation with you all. And, you know, I would really love to hear from you. Like, do you have questions about menstruation? How can I help? What would you like to hear about for other shows? please feel free to send me an email. Let me know. You know, I do love to hear from everybody. I forget in, on my episodes to like come out and say, hey, email me with questions, comments, you know, topics you'd like to hear. You know, I do love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this show, please go to your favorite podcasting platform and subscribe to my show. It's the best way to help get the word out there and get other people to, to see it. Um, you know, if you leave me a review, that helps even more, you know, to let people know that this is a, a great show, that there's valuable information that, you know, you would recommend it to your friends. 
you know? So if you, if you feel that way about my show, I would love it if you would subscribe and leave me a review. That would be so awesome. And of course, we are wrapping up the giveaway for the menstrual cup. You know, we've got, what, oh, I guess about 10 days left or so to, you know, sign up and enter your name for a chance to win. You can, you know, go to my website, Holistic Sex Ed Radio, enter your email address in for a chance to win. You can share it on social media for more chances to win. So you can increase your chances to win by quite a lot by going to the website, signing up, you know, subscribing on the podcast, leaving a review, follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, all that kind of stuff. So it's been a real pleasure here sharing with you today. I look forward to seeing you next week. So have a great week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.